This is the FBCG Live podcast with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. Today's message is titled, A Season of Transitions, Relationships, Part 2. God is calling you to take your eyes off yourself and help other people. Wherever you're joining us from, we pray this message encourages and empowers you in your daily walk with God. On December the 31st, we announced that our focus for this time would be a season of transition on the 31st. And we talked about that this is going to be a season that God's going to move you from one place in your life to a different dimension. From one element of how you have lived to to another. It's a season and a time of change. How many of y'all received that word for yourself today? And that's what this, this season is. I don't know how long it's going to be. I don't know how long it's going to take. But my assignment for these next several weeks is to talk to you about what are the things God wants you to do. And a part of it, I think the first part we said on December 31st was to what? Prepare. Somebody say, say everybody say prepare. prepare. You got to be prepared. And that's, matter of fact, Joshua chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, turn there. Um, uh, verse 10, Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, pass through the camp and command the people saying, prepare, prepare provisions for yourselves. For within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God has given you to possess. And so we talked about that on December 31st. Prepare, get ready, take the classes, get in an environment to prepare for what God has for your future. And you have to determine and seek God about what that means. What do you have to do? One thing I am sure of, I am sure that God, and I I think I told you this, and I don't say this very often, God spoke to me to tell the church that we got to get prepared. The favor that's on this house is about to enter into your house. So you got to prepare. That might mean you have to clean up some stuff in your house. It might mean you got to straighten up some stuff. It might mean you have to close down the bar in your house. Oh, y'all didn't say amen on that one. I felt resistance. I felt tension. Huh? Oh, they're going to do it after the Cowboys game. They might need it after the Cowboys game. <laughs> prepare, whatever it means. What does prepare mean to you? I mean, I'm just re- I'm rehashing for the benefit of the people who didn't make it to December 31st and didn't make it last Sunday. I'm just telling you today, prepare. Look in your home. Look in your whole personal environment about what prepare means to you. It might mean you need to get engaged in some ministry. It might mean... It might mean you need to get saved. It might mean you need to rededicate yourself to God, recommit yourself to the Lord. So we talked about that on the 31st. The last Sunday, the next day, January the 1st, we talked about what? Relationships. I went to chapter 2 and talked about an unlikely source that God used for the children of Israel to take, conquer Jericho. 
they had a, a, a unlikely person, an unlikely person with an unlikely job. I'm trying not to say ho, I'm trying to be clean. Some people told me I went to the streets when I said ho. Lady of the evening, a hoochie mama. But yet she played a key source. And our point was, yet last week, is be careful how you treat people. God might want to use somebody to be the channel for your deliverance and your victory and your healing and your breakthrough that you least likely expect. Somebody that you treat bad might end up being on the assignment to hire you at your next dream job. Go ahead and preach, Pastor Jenkins. I'm doing the best that I can. Today I want to, if, if I had to put a label on this, this would probably be relationship part two today. And I want to I read, uh, let me just pick up at verse number or, uh, 12. Can I pick up at verse 12? Chapter 1, and to the Reubenites it says, and to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh, Joseph, Joshua spoke, saying... Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God has given you rest and has given you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. Stop, stick a pen right there. So let me get the picture to you. The children of Israel have been delivered and brought out of bondage. They have wandered around the wilderness for 40 years, and now their leader has died. God raises up a new leader by the name of Joshua. Moses dies. Joshua comes to the scene, and now Joshua has the assignment and has the job of leading them to the promised land. And now, now they are headed to the promised land. They are no longer wandering around in the wilderness. They are now actually headed to the promised land. And now they've taken over territory, and they begin to go into the promised land, and they begin to take over territory, they begin to take land, they begin to defeat kings. As a matter of fact, in the course of Joshua's life, he has 31 battles and wins 30 of the 31 battles. His record is, matter of fact, no, no, his record is 30 and 1. Somebody say 30 and 1. 30 victories, 1 loss. That's a good record in any, any place. And that's his record. His one loss he had was in a place called Ai. And he went back and re fought them again and won. He lost it because one joker in the camp messed up. How many of y'all know that one joker can mess up the whole deal? And so uh, they go back and get the victory. But now, in, in, in this first chapter here, I, I love this. He says to the, verse 12, to the 
Reubenites, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh, to two and a half of the 12 tribes, to two and a half of the 12 tribes, he speaks to them. And he says to these two and a half of the 12 tribes, he says, remember verse 13, the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, the Lord your God has given you rest and has given you this land. Listen carefully. Verse 14, your wives... Your little ones and your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. But you shall, listen to this, pass before the brethren armed, all you mighty men of valor. He said, listen, here's what I want you to do. Leave your children and your wives behind, but I want you to get your soldiers. I want you to get your mighty men of valor. I want you to get armed. I want you to get your weapons, and I want you to get ready and get prepared, and I want you to help Others, look at verse number 14. Let me read it again. The last part. Here's what I'm talking about today. The last part of verse 14 says, and help them. Help them, he says. Help them. Who is them? Help the other tribes. He says, I want you, I, I know y'all got y'all's land. I know y'all have come into your territory that Moses gave you and has assigned for you. You're in your territory. You got the land that's yours. Now what I want you to do is go and help everybody else get their land. Now listen to me carefully. This is a short message. I probably won't, I probably will never preach another short sermon like this the rest of my life. But I want to make something very clear today. I want to be particularly specific to the crowd today. And here's my point. I got one major point today that God is calling you to take your eyes off of yourself and help other people. He says, and right here in verse 14, he says, I want you to help them. Verse 15. Until the Lord has given your brethren rest as he gave you, and they also have taken possession of the land which the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses, the Lord's servant, gave you on this side of the Jordan toward the sunrise. I love that. Here's what he's saying. He said, listen, I don't want you to rest just now. I know you got yours. I know you've gotten to the place that's your, that, that you wanted. You got your land. You got your territory. But the assignment is I want you to go over and help somebody else get theirs. Now, I, th I thought I ought to talk about this because we, we have never before lived in such a selfish, self-centered, egotistical, narcissistic culture than we have now. We have more, but we give less. We live in bigger houses, but we won't open our doors. We drive nicer cars, but we won't give anybody a ride. We claim not to have no time. We ain't got no money. We ain't got no energy, but we got microwaves, machine, washing machine, dryers, dishwashers, but we ain't got no more time. My, my, my grandparents used to wash clothes by hand and then hang it up on a clothesline. You young people don't know nothing about washing clothes on a board where you had to put the soap and scrub the board. Y'all don't know nothing about that. 
You don't know nothing about taking the clothes out, rinsing the clothes, and then getting some clothes pins and putting it on a line outside and waiting for it to dry. You don't know nothing about that. And you complain when somebody tell you to go put the clothes out the washer into the dryer. You complaining. those days. Anybody remember those days? See, we, we, got a, we have a culture who don't understand from whence we've come. I told, I've told this story before that my, my oldest daughter told me one time when she had a she just got her driver's license. I think I used this illustration a couple weeks ago. I told, she just got her driver's license. I told her to take her younger brother, Joshua, to football practice. She said, why can't I take him? Go ahead and thank God she's still alive. She should, she should be dead. She almost got killed that day. But she didn't have no reference to the days when our people had no car to drive, when you had to catch the bus or walk. Oh, yeah, walk. Walk to practice. Some of y'all don't, you, you don't, you, you can't recollect. You can't, you don't, she, she, she had no frame of reference. They, when, when, you, when you tell them to wash the dishes, they, and they got, and the dishwasher right there. Why y'all got amnesia and can't remember the time when you didn't have no, no dishwasher? We, 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 have, we have resources that, gives, that we don't have to spend as much time doing some things, but yet we ain't got no time. We got CDs and savings accounts, but we ain't got no money. We have aerobics and spa memberships, but we ain't got no energy. You, you don't feel like doing nothing no time. I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. You don't feel like the ministry, but you can make it to your aerobics class. One more, two more, three more, four more, five more. Six more. You exercise it, but you ain't got no in it. Our forefathers did a whole lot more with a lot less. They endured water hoses, dogs, jails, discrimination, ridicule, rejection, 
they boycotted buses so we could buy the bus. And, and here's what's, listen, I'm almost, I'm almost close. I'm, I'm almost finished. I'm almost finished. What they did was not for themselves. They went through what they went through for us. They got killed so we could live. So we could have life. So we could have a meaning and not be under the thumb of racism and discrimination. They did all of that for us. Joshua says to the people, I don't want you to just move into your territory to these two and a half tribes and get your blessings and forget about the rest of the people. He said, he said he's saying, I, I want y'all to get your shoulders, your soldiers together, get your weapons, get your mighty men of valor, and I want you to help the rest of the tribes get into their territory. And, and this is my sole message today, is to tell you that God's calling you as you go and transition to help somebody else get to where they need to be. When my mother was alive, my mother died in 2012. When my mother was alive, she, she, her and my father lived in South Carolina, so she had come up to visit with us once, and she decided when she was going to go back home to take the train. She was going to take the train. So she, uh, I took her to the train station down, uh, I don't remember, what, what's the name of the train station, D.C.? Union Station. I took her to Union Station, and I walked her out to the track where her train was and loaded her luggage and put her on the train. As I was walking out, I came out of the door, and there was a woman there with a child and some luggage. And she said to me, I don't know why she asked me, but I guess I looked official. <laughs> she says, is this where I catch the train to go to Atlanta? And I looked up on the, on the board, and I saw that the train that she wanted to be on was about to depart. And she was at the wrong track. And she had a child and luggage, and she wasn't going to make it. I had no responsibility, no obligation, didn't work for Union Station, or the train people, Amtrak. But I said, I grabbed her bags and I said, come on, follow me. 
and I helped her. We live in a culture where people are not willing to help each other. I helped her get to where she needed to be and put her on the plane, put her on the train, and I believe she made it to Atlanta. Took her to the right place. You got people that you have relationship with that are standing at the wrong door to catch the train they need to get on. And, and my assignment today is to challenge you to help somebody get to the right track. Because you know what? Somebody helped me get to the right track. Somebody prayed for me. Somebody invested in me. Somebody loved me. Somebody showed an interest in me. Somebody picked me up and dropped me off. Somebody spoke on my behalf. And all I'm trying to tell you is I know you got your education, now help somebody else get theirs. You got your job, help somebody else get a job. You got your salvation, help somebody else get saved. You got deliverance, help somebody else get their deliverance. You got free, help somebody else get free. You got your breakthrough, help somebody else get their breakthrough. You got your home, help somebody else get a home. You got a car, help somebody else get a car. Help somebody else. It's not all about you. We cannot possess the transition and go to the place that God wants for us if all we do is focus on ourselves. And so my simple one-point message today is, matter of fact, I'm going to give you a second point. I want, let me take a, let me give you a second point here today. My, my simple point is help somebody else. Who, who's on your agenda that you're helping? that you are purposely, who's on your prayer list, who's in your, your uh, frame of reference, who's in your life, who's in your circle of relationship that you are helping. Sometimes it might take more than one time. Go on and preach, Pastor. That's okay, I'm, I'm encouraging myself right here, right now. I've learned with y'all that I had to say preach Pastor Jenkins. I have to encourage myself sometimes because y'all get a little snobby sometimes. And that's okay. I know how to encourage myself. I hear the angel saying, preach on, Pastor. And, and I like, let me, let me close with this. Here it is. Look at verse number 17. Oh, no, verse 16. Let me do verse 16. Matter of fact, let me read verse 15 while I'm here. Because I saw something in verse 15. I wasn't going to say nothing about it, but I need to. And he says, he said, help them, verse 14, until the Lord, verse 15, has given you your brethren rest. You help them until they get to where they need to go. As he gave you, and they also have taken possessions of the land which the Lord your God has given them. Then you shall return to the land of your possessions and enjoy it. Don't, don't sit down and enjoy your, your life until you've helped somebody else reach their life. 
which Moses the Lord's servant gave you on this side of the Jordan. Look at this, toward the sunrise. Let me just take a pen right here. Toward the sunrise means toward the east. It means, it means, it means make sure that you are able to see uh, your sun, the sun rising for you. Let it rise for them too. Yeah, so, some of y'all are about to see the sunrise. You're about to, let me put it this way. You're about to see the breaking of day. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. You're about to see God bust something open for you. You're about to see God bring a miracle on your behalf. You're about to see God cause breakthrough and miracles and answer. The sun is about to rise on your dark night. The sun is about to rise. And then he says this. Let me finish with this. I'm, I'm closing on this. It's 10 o'clock. I'm finished. Verse 16. So they answered Joshua, saying, all that you command us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, we will heed you. Only the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Verse 18 blesses me. Whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words and all that you command him shall be put to death. I like those kind of leaders. <laughs> They're saying, anybody who can't get on board this ship, we're going to take them out. I'm not telling y'all to kill nobody. But I am saying, don't let anybody influence you to, to get disconnected from the house that you are in. People will think of a lot of reasons to get you disconnected. That's the Bible. That's the devil's program. The Bible teaches the devil wants to get you disconnected from church, disconnected from the family of God, disconnected from the house of God. And my assignment is to tell you, don't let anybody disconnect you. There's nothing more powerful than a personal relationship with Jesus Christ who loves us, died on the cross for us, shed his blood for us. And that relationship with him is strengthened by our relationship with each other. Amen. We learn to pray because somebody encouraged us to pray when we couldn't pray for ourselves. Look at your neighbor and say, try to help somebody else. Stand on your feet. Give the Lord a shout of praise if you don't mind. I want to make an appeal today. First of all, I'm so proud of y'all being here today. This is the second Sunday of the year. I know you're trying to, I know you're trying to start the year off right. This happens every year. I've been here 33 years, and the first few Sundays of the year, you know, the church is packed. But then life happens, and the devil figures out a way to disconnect you from the house of God. Don't let the devil disconnect you. You've been listening to FBCG Live with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. If all of your energy is used on you, you've missed the overall plan of God. If you've been blessed by this message and would like to help us reach more people through this ministry, please click the link in the podcast description or visit our website, fbcglenarden.org slash give to donate. 
Thank you for joining us. We hope that you'll subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to tune in next week. <laughs>